Welcome to the Small Business Big Mindset Podcast, where we dive into tactical strategies to grow your business and make an impact on this world. A huge part of success is keeping your mindset and vision on track. So this is a major part of our process and this podcast. Let's do this. Hey, Erin here. Welcome to the Small Business Big Mindset Podcast. This week, we have Linda Sidhu, list building expert and strategic partner with Interact, the quiz platform. Welcome, Linda. Hey, happy to be here, Erin. I should say welcome back because you were actually here when we first started our little baby podcast. So (laughs) welcome back. (laughs) Yes, and a lot's changed for both of us probably since then, right? So much, so much growth. And so I, um, I definitely, I was like, we need to have Linda back because your business has changed so much. Your focus has changed. I've seen just uh, so much from you. I kind of watch you from the sidelines and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm kind of seeing you everywhere. Um, And so it's super, super exciting. So um, for those of the um, the audience that maybe haven't listened to the episode, uh, gosh, I want to say it was like a year ago. um, Can you give us your background, uh, a little bit about yourself and how you got started? Yeah. So um, I have to tell you, it all started about 10 years ago and how I landed to what I'm doing right now. So back about 10 years ago, I was a pharmaceutical sales representative and my company uh, educated us on how to better understand a physician's personality. Well, I really took it to heart because I'm very nurturing, but I had two of the top 10 dermatologists in my territory. So I knew that I couldn't go into their office and try to sell them anything, you know, because they actually did clinical trials for my product. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to learn the personalities of the physician and show up in a way that made them feel comfortable and build a relationship from there before I ever tried to sell them anything. And it actually worked. I not only was able to build relationships, but I was a top 10 sales rep for the 10 years I was in pharmaceutical sales. And it was all because I really cared about building relationships first. Well, I quit that. I retired from pharmaceutical sales. And I did that because I wanted to stay at home with my son when he was born. So I was a stay-at-home mom for a couple of years. And then when he went to kindergarten, I decided to launch my own business. And it was then when I decided, hey, I should do a personality quiz. That makes sense in my head. It would be easy to do. And um, it was a great decision because it did really well. I had uh, I, th- I grew my email list by 300% in 60 days. Wow. And I had people sharing the heck out of the quiz, which by the way, quizzes are shareable 1900 times to be exact. Uh, very great content to create for lead magnets because people share them. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that at the time though. And then <laughs> a couple months later, Interact actually reached out to me and said, uh, your conversion's a little higher than a typical first time quiz and asked me my thoughts or my process behind it. And that's when I shared with him the, um, basically I'm a personality expert because of my 10 years of pharmaceutical sales and sitting in my car and analyzing each doctor and trying to show up in a way that makes them feel comfortable. And he thought that was an ingenious way to create quizzes and asked me to be a strategic partner. So I spent the last year really helping uh, coaches and uh, course creators create quizzes as their lead magnet. And um, I've not only been able to have success myself, but I've helped multiple entrepreneurs have success as well. So that's what I do. I'm a personality quiz creator. That's so incredible. And um, I feel like it came 
at the right time because, you know, when COVID hit, I feel like maybe your business, not that it helped it, but maybe it took off. Like it didn't, certainly doesn't seem like it would have hindered what you were doing. I think what happened in COVID was my business, business failure ship. Uh, so what happened, well, I was going to say business uh, partnership failure. Mm. So what happened is a year ago, you had interviewed uh, my previous partner and I. And um, unfortunately, she no longer wanted to create quizzes. We, I was quite, we were kind of going in that direction and she wanted to do her own thing. And so that happened uh, August, 2020. And it was in that moment where I knew how hard it was to create a business, Erin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, from scratch, it was all gone. Mm-hmm. I, we lost our email list. We had to shut down our Instagram account. And it was in that moment that... I said, you know what, I'm going to keep going, but I'm going to focus on my strengths. So I'm not going to focus on the whole email marketing anymore. I'm going to focus on the top of funnel. I'm going to lean into my strengths and hire anything else out. And within one month, I had to relaunch my entire business. And I had over a thousand people join my email list, focusing on quizzes when I rebranded and went out on my own. It was almost like that energy that was holding me back was gone Mm -hmm. because maybe my partner really didn't want to do it. Yeah. Um, And so when that was gone, I expanded. Yeah. Cause sometimes you don't even realize it, right. When you're working with that energy, you know, and all of that uh, and that atmosphere around you. It's just what you know. It's just what you're used to. It's just the way it is. But then when you're outside of it, it's like, whoa, (laughs) you know, like what just happened? What did I allow myself to deal with for so long? And now look, look where I am, what I'm accomplishing, right? Absolutely. And, you know, I hope my previous partner is able to do her own thing and, um, you know, fly high with that because there's nothing better than focusing on, you know, what truly lights you up and to Mm -hmm. be able to go all in on that. Yes, 100%, 100%. And so what so I know that quizzes, I totally agree with you. Um, they're so, so powerful. Um, but they do take some know how because from personal experience, I tried to make my own quiz. I, I keep saying saying I think I'm going to send it to you. So, but I'm like too embarrassed. So uh, so I know that, you know, it does take um, some know how some practice. It's not just throw up a few questions and like it, you're done. So like, what are some things you can share with us, like some best practices or when people come to you, uh, you know, kind of like, what are some of the first things you tell them? Yeah, uh, let me just say that there's three big mistakes that I see people do right out of the gate that's going to kind of, um, n- it's going to al- not really allow you to make the biggest impact with your quiz. And those three mistakes are one, uh, writing the quiz wrong. I noticed a lot of people write questions first, and really you want to work backwards and you want to write the result first. So that's number one, write the results first, make sure it aligns with the offer that you want to promote it to. Uh, And then number two is you don't have a welcome series set up to it. So oftentimes people will send me a quiz and they'll say, can you take a, a look at this and review it? And I do, and it's a great quiz. And then there's nothing. And what happens is the next email that gets sent out is just a newsletter email. So you've completely missed the opportunity to build your no like, and trust factor, which is a huge component to getting a new lead to become a new customer. Um, and number three is I have a lot of people hire me to create a quiz for them. 
it's amazing, it's done. And then when it goes time to promote it, um, we fall short in the promotion aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what does that mean? Uh, a lot of times you can put it on your website, you can share it with friends, you put it on Instagram, maybe you story about it on your Instagram, but you really do have to shout it from the rooftops over and over and over again, because you kind of want to treat it like an actual course launch. Um, so when I see people take that approach and treat it like an actual course launch, I've seen uh, people who have success with quizzes and promotion on the promotion aspect where they've done a Facebook party and they pop champagne and they take people through the entire quiz and say, look what I did. This is why it's going to impact you and your business. And they bring the customer to the forefront. Um, I've seen people uh you know, just go above and beyond when it comes to promotion, ask, ask friends to share it. Uh, one thing I did was a behind the scenes on how I created my new quiz. I went on my Facebook uh, page, went live and showed them exactly how I did the research, things like that. This gets people interested. Um, and then the other thing is, is it's really a quiz that's built for a lifetime. So now that you have the link, to the quiz, you can use it for workshops that you are an expert guest speaker. You can share it at the end for them to take the quiz. You can use it as a tool for your business. Uh, when you sell your courses, you make sure people take the quiz and learn something about them. But there's so many things you can do with a quiz that people may not realize. And a lot of people just are quiet. They don't shout it from the rooftops. They're like, it's here. Like the website's <laughs> here, build it and they will come. Right. But that's unfortunately not true. Yeah. And it's so funny. I learned that from your group. There was a Facebook Live that you had um, in your group. And we'll put a link to your group um, in the show notes, too, because it's so much great information there, um, where it was about treating freebies, like free content as a launch. And I got to be honest with you, it never would have crossed my mind, you know, um, to do that, to put so much around um, a free piece of content. But if that piece of content is a cornerstone to what you're doing, you know, I mean, it makes complete sense. Like why treat it as this thing over there, you know, that you're kind of like, oh, it's over there somewhere, but it's like, no, wait, (laughs) that's the foundation of your audience growth and everything else that's going to come from it. So I thought that was genius when I, when I had heard that uh, notion. So that's pretty amazing. Um, Okay, cool. And so how do you help people get ideas? Because what if someone's like, okay, I want to do a quiz. I need to grow my email list. It seems like the best way to do it. Where do I start? I don't even know what to do. So I think one of the best questions or one of the most frequently asked question is what kind of quiz should I do for my business? Mm -hmm. Uh, And to answer your question, when I think about quiz titles, I always want to bring it back to your ideal clients. Who are you trying to call in? Because With your quiz, you can attract the right clients and you can repel people too. And that's exactly what you want to do for your business. You want to call in the right people. So typically, um, you also want to consider niching down and being more of a specialist. So I'll use this as an example. There's a client that came to me about a year ago and she was a coach and she was on to niching down and was talking to me about, you know, I kind of want to call out the Catholic moms. I'm a Catholic mom. I want to call in those people to my audience. So I want to use that. Well, she started to niche into not just being a life coach, but a Catholic mom life coach. 
And she elevated her business in so many different aspects because now she was a specialist for Catholic moms and not just a coach, right? Mm -hmm. Well, we used that title in her quiz. It was uh, what kind of what kind of Catholic mom are you? And the results went to different saints, like Mother Teresa was yeah, one of them. Um, but anyways, she scaled, or she actually grew her email list from 1,000 to 5,000 in just four months when we made that switch to clarity. Wow. So the takeaway is the more you can call out your ideal client and your quiz title, the better it's going to be for your business. So you got to be really clear on who you're attracting and what the offer is going to go to, and then go that extra level and be like, can I niche down just one more bit to make it even that much more effective? Yeah. And so is it, it's, it's kind of reverse engineering the whole process. Cause you know, you were saying even, even writing it, start with the results. And so, and then typically would you recommend they'd start with the offer in mind, right? There's gotta be, there's gotta be some play at the end, right? So you t- can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, actually that is the number one thing you want to have is a validated offer. And ideally a validated offer is when somebody's actually bought something from you, even if it's just one time. The reason being is because when you have an offer out there, it's energy, it's an exchange and money. And a lot of people make mistakes when they do, okay, I'm going to do a beta group and I'm going to give it all away for free. And I'm going to just ask for an exchange of testimonials. Well, there's that energy thing right there where it's like people got it for free. But even for beta, you want to put a price tag on it. And maybe instead of calling it a beta and they're getting it for free, maybe like a founder's price, uh, just switch it to, you know, a founder's price. And if you see people paying for it, that right there is a validation. It's a change. Is it in its exchange in money, which is a, a different energy about it. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to know your offer and that people are actually willing to pay money for it. And once you've achieved those results and you have clarity on that, then you can make a quiz. Because the thing is, is I think it goes back to capacity. If you aren't clear on your offer and know that people want to buy it, what's going to happen when you get a bunch of leads with your quiz when they come rolling in, right? It's the capacity to take it on because quizzes can do a really great job of growing your email list. But if you don't have the alignment with the two together, you're going to fall short somehow because you might get a lot of people in, but then they might not transition into a become a buyer if you don't feel good about your offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you have to be careful too, because you might get all these people in on your list and then they have zero to do. They're not your target audience, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? They have zero to do with what you're doing. And then it's like, okay, you have all these people on your list, but what's what good is it, right? Um, 100%. And so do you think, uh, or have you seen that more of the because um, there's so many different quiz types out there. But um, from your research and from your expertise, it really is more of the personality-based ones, right? Like where the result is you are this um, is, are typically the ones that people want to share the most. Is that right? Yeah, I think the thing with personality quizzes is people always want to know more about themselves. They always want to learn about their strengths. Sometimes they want to uncover their weaknesses. They're very intriguing for your audience and they are rewarding because usually the results are always positive. You're stroking their ego. You're making them feel good and validating them as soon as they come into your community. And so why wouldn't you want to share that? Like, hey, you know. I was a, you know, online marketing role model in this quiz, like, go check it out. Tell me what you are, right? Like, it's almost, you know, you got a compliment and you kind of want to shout yourself out for it and share it and be like, what did you get? Mm -hmm. Um, You can do different quizzes, but I just find that personality quizzes are the number one quiz that people want to take. 
And it's a good exchange for you and your audience. And it's a you kind of way to meet in the middle and feel good about something that you've offered somebody where they find it valuable. And um, yeah, so that's my thought on personality quizzes. Plus back in, years ago, as a girl, you're always like taking the personality quizzes in the magazines mm-hmm. and people just somehow just get really excited about the whole personality thing. Yeah, no, it's very, very true. And it's and if it's fun, you know, and you're proud of the result, then it's like, oh, look at me, you know, and, and other people want to take it as well. Um, and what about the length of a quiz? Like, what is what is your take on that? Uh, I guess the length of a quiz just depends on uh, what your what the business owner is offering. I almost treat them a little bit as sales pages, though, like a journey. You want to take your new lead on a journey with you. So the result page, the beginning of it is really all about the new customer. It shares more about their personality strengths. But eventually, you kind of want to segue into like what was the purpose of the quiz as the entrepreneur. So then you kind of share some quick wins. Maybe you share a framework. Um, Maybe you share an old resource that would be helpful, but all of it has intention and a point to be there. So I don't create super long results for the sake of creating super long results. They end up either short or long, depending on the value that needs to be shared and the actual result page. But there are a few things you definitely want to add testimonials uh, if you, to share that you've been able to give other people success. So one or two testimonials is great to add into the result pages. You want to have your bio so people understand there's actually someone behind the quiz like <laughs> that created it and introduce yourself. You definitely also want to have a call to action. So um, with any type of content, whether it's Instagram, emails, even a sales page, and also your quiz result, at the bottom, you want to say, what to do with this. So join my Facebook group or follow me on Instagram. So there are some essential pieces that you want to have. And then, um, you know, once it's done and you feel good about it, then you can move on. Awesome. And then how many questions typically do you have within a quiz, do you think? So I was actually working with a client this morning on questions and we ended up with eight questions for a quiz. And typically I told her, I like to be between seven and nine and I don't force anything. Um, I like to have three different questions, a couple personality questions to make sure we nail the right personality and you get the right result. Those are about three to five questions. I also like to have a research question or two to gather some insights on the entrepreneur. My new quiz, actually, there was a really easy question um, that said, you know, what what do you identify with? Are you a copywriter, a course creator, a coach, or something else? And the reason why is I just was curious to see, um, you know, who's attracted to my quiz, who's attracted to my offers, and get more clarity around that. So a what I would do with that question is maybe I would create something for course creators or something for coaches later on down the road where it would make sense to give different offers to those individuals. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the last question I like to add is just to keep things fun, softball questions. Those typically get filtered in between the ones that are the personality questions or the research questions. You don't want people to think too hard. Um, so after there was a harder question or a question that maybe you had to think for a minute, you want to have a softball question, something that's super easy, maybe do- is, doesn't have a lot to do with w- what their result is, but just an easy way to keep it going. And then when you feel like you've kind of um, got a good flow of like 
thoughtful questions and then a softball question and a research question, you know, once you've got your results, don't force anything. Like you don't have to add another question if you're kind of in between seven to nine. Okay. No, that's really good because I feel like probably, uh, people's first train of thought is like, just get as many questions in there as possible to get as much information out of people as possible. But, um, but if people are feel like it's work <laughs> to get through your quiz, they're, they're more apt to, to drop off, you know, and not even finish it. So um, I love that you said that it's like have a couple of maybe thought provoking or research oriented questions, and then throw a fun kind of soft one in there, you know, so that makes so much sense. Um, and then for the multiple choice answers, do you usually do like three, four, you know, for them to pick on? Is there like a, is there like a sweet spot for that? Yeah. So I design my quizzes in the DISC format. Mm-hmm. So if you guys are familiar with the DISC assessment, it's dominant, influencer, steady, or conscientious. So you're either fast paced, which is dominant or influencer, or you're slower paced. And what I mean by slower paced is you make your decision making is a little uh, more thoughtful. You take a little bit more time to decide versus um, you don't get scared of like fear of missing out. Like you probably won't buy on Black Friday. (laughs) Um, You know, those people don't really care about it. They're like, I'm going to read the reviews. I'm going to read the testimonials. I'm going to make sure I make a quality decision here. Um, So those are the S and the C's, uh, steady and conscientious. So I have four different personalities. So there's going to be four different answers typically for the personality quiz. And for example, if you were to walk into a networking room, it was 2019 pre-COVID, what would you do? Well, the dominant personality would scan the room and they would try to figure out somebody that they knew because they hate small talk with strangers. So that would be answer number, yeah, answer number one. Number two, the influencer, they love people. So they would probably go up to somebody new, say hi, introduce themselves, and they would see that and say, okay, that's me. And they would pick that answer. Number three, the loyal, more thoughtful, slower paced, people-oriented person, they would actually go find the host and say, is there anything I can do to help support you? So I would have that as that. And the last one, the analyzer typically would find a good seat and people watch. So you want to kind of answer it for the personality questions in a way that somebody would actually do it. So when So that way you can nail their actual personality. And then when they get their results, they're like, wow, you just read my mind. This is me to a T. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It makes so much sense. And so those four personalities then correlate to the four possible results um, at the end of the quiz. Um, And then you touched on something earlier that I want to talk a little bit about is like how to use the results of the quiz, because it's not, I don't want to say just growing your email list because that's really powerful. But the data and the information you get from the quiz is so super powerful too. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes. I love that you asked this question because most people want to create a quiz for the sake of growing their email list. And that's really the tip of the iceberg, right? Mm -hmm. What you don't see underneath the water is you're segmenting your list based on personality, which means you're understanding your buyer's personalities and you'll be able to serve them in a better way and show up in a way that's going to bring them more value and support and even personalize your marketing. And then also, because you're personalizing your marketing, you're able to drive uh, your you're able to drive leads into buyers and make a better conversion um, and sell something to them. And then last but not least, you're creating content that's shareable. I mentioned this at the beginning where people share this. There's not a lot of 
PDF downloads out there that people are going to like share on their, you know, oh, check this PDF download out. So um, they're always fun, but you're doing so many different things. But when you look at the data, so specifically you segment your email list based on someone's personality. I worked with this TEDx coach earlier this year. It's really fascinating. She's a very dominant personality, but she recognized when we looked at the data that she was attracting 50% of her audience was actually the exact opposite of her. Hmm. They're very heart centered. And honestly, once we saw this, we were like, hello, why didn't we, why didn't we see this coming from a mile away? Because typically people who want to take the stage and on a Ted talk are people who want to change the world. They have an emotional uh, component to their speech and they want to do it for the sake of saving the lives of our children. Right. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people were coming to her because they had this amazing a message that was going to change the world. And so what she did with this information is that type of personality is more thoughtful. They're not going to buy, um, you know, cart open day unless they've been thinking about doing a TED talk for a long time. Right. Um, so what she did with this information was she did a different launch. She did her planned webinars, but then she opened up, um, discovery calls on the back end so people could submit their actual uh, ideas for a TED talk and she would meet with them one-on-one and talk it out. Well, what was this doing? It was building the relationship. It was gaining trust. And it was something that she added to her launch that she didn't do the first time. And when she added this component, she was actually building the relationship. And I think a lot of those people transferred into becoming a you know, a member in her course. And they were also the ones that showed up with their homework assignment and carried through the course to the end. Yeah. See, that's what it's all about because you don't want, you don't want someone just to take your quiz, get on your email list and then see you later. You know, it's like, you want Mm -hmm. that to be just the beginning. So it's not the end. Like, oh, great. They took my quiz. They're on my email list. Perfect. You know, the end, you know, it's like, no, no, no. That's just the beginning um, of the journey of your relationship with these, these people that have joined your list. And so I love that. I love um, that story and how that person leverage that uh, into really increasing the connection with their audience, because then, of course, they're going to feel like, oh, this person actually wants me to succeed and cares about what's happened to me next. Um, and so I would more be more apt to trust and work with them. So I think that's amazing. Um, and so now you work with Interact. So that's the platform that you use. And so um, if, if people are like, and I'll put your, um, your link, your interact link in the show notes as well. If people want to kind of like, um, you know, press some buttons and try it out. So, um, are there just some, um, tips when, when, when working with interact or kind of benefits with working with that platform? Okay. So when we chose interact for our very first quiz, it was probably the most easy to use. And that was really the only reason it looked nice. It was easy to use. Um, so we went with it and I was, it was very good competitively priced. There's some that can be really expensive out there. And yes, you did have to pay a little bit of money. Cause I think there are some that are also a little less expensive, but you get what you pay for. And what interact did is they, um, they really care about their customers. They offer a lot of trainings value. I know I've done two workshops for their community Uh, completely for free, teaching them about personality quizzes, helping them with welcome series information, things like that. So they have a ton of support. And honestly, I am not a tech person. (laughs) I, when I went all in with my new business, I said, I'm going to hire that out because I'm going to run fast. I don't have time for this and that's going to hold me back. And so 
self-proclaimed, not a tech person here. And I was capable to put a quiz together on Interact. It was so easy. Um, it is, they've got beautiful templates. And um, yeah, I just, I can't rave enough about Interact. I think they're a fabulous company and very easy to use for someone who's also not tech savvy. And if you do link it, I can also offer your audience 20% off the lifetime of their quiz with a code. So they'll have to join my affiliate link. And then if you do a quiz, you can get 20% off with my code as well. So I'll send that to you as well. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be so great. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, because I think that's probably a non-starter for a lot of people. They're like, I do, don't do like, technology and I are not, are not friends. We don't play well together. So forget it, you know, so it's good to hear. I mean, yeah, I, I thought it was very simple to um make a quiz and they, they, they guide you so well, you know, on mm -hmm. the different types and, and everything and images or not in, and not in images and that sort of thing. Um, shifting gears just for a second. So you, cause there's our, our audience is largely entrepreneurial. And so you started a business within a partnership that dissolved and then you transitioned into your own business. So can you talk a little bit about that? So, um, you know, just for people who are maybe are about to go through that, either transitioning into, because I mean, gosh, with COVID and the pandemic, um, it's kind of exciting in a way because people are re they're analyzing the path they've been going down. And then they're thinking, hey, maybe I need to go in this direction instead and start over or start a new business. So were there any kind of like, I don't know, insights or things you learned when you went through that process? Yeah, I think what I learned is, first of all, I want to normalize the fact that people have to start over, yeah. maybe they failed, and they have to do it again. I know I actually lost my business three times. That wasn't the first. <laughs> um, I tried my hand at multi-level marketing when I was a stay-at-home mom, mm -hmm. and I lost my downline, downline twice. One, I had to um, cancel it because I had to switch over to a different uh, company because I I went from health and fitness to skincare and I had a skincare background. So I was more excited to do the skincare. And then, so I had to quit one to do the other. And then I did the other one with skincare and that company went belly up. I had 20% of the company underneath me. Wow. Um, I was one of the founding members and was doing an amazing job. And then it was gone one day. Um, so second time I lost my email, third time was with my partner. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know if entrepreneurship is really for me, but, um, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. And I just kept moving forward. So that's the thing. I think failure, first of all, let's normalize failure. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's actually just, you know, if you're climbing up a mountain, it's just stepping to the, the wrong way. Um, and then you recognize, okay, this wasn't the right way. Let's get back on track. I think that failure and success has a very jaggedy up, down, you know, mm -hmm. all around uh, path. So that is normal. That is normal. And pivoting is completely normal. And I also want to recognize, like, I myself know that I actually like to pivot. Um, I enjoy doing different things. I like to have fun with my business. I never uh, was one to stay loyal and stay with the same company forever. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like to move around. I love to travel. Um, so with that in mind, I think it's important to also create a business where you're not so niche that you have the flexibility to like expand and go a different direction. And I think it's okay if you don't want to do what you're currently doing anymore. I think if you have a good following, all it's all about your brand. And if people care about you, they will also continue to follow you. Now, 
maybe the health and fitness people are not following me right now because they were trying to lose weight. Right. But that's okay. It's, you just kind of have to go with the flow and have confidence in yourself and always check in and say, is this lighting me up? Because this is taking time and time is one of those resources that doesn't come back. Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure you're thriving, not just surviving. Um, So really taking deep looks and being okay with the fact that your path isn't going the way Aaron's is or the way mine is, or, you know, Mm -hmm. um, follow your own path. And I do want to say on this note, no one's going to take away your destiny. Yeah. So that was something that I kept telling myself uh, my own mantra for 2020 when I had a really rough year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That yeah. year was really rough. And I kept saying, no one's going to take away my destiny. If I have to slow down or I have to restart, that is mine. And actually, I don't have to compete for it. So I also quit following a lot of people. I only chose two mentors to really help direct my way. And um, that's it. Like it just lean into yourself and lean into your intuition and double down on your strengths. Yeah, no, I love that because we should normalize that because that's majority of what all of us go through. You know, we go through uh, failures, we go through missteps, we go through transitions. And as long as you learn something from it and you keep going, then it's valuable and it's actually a good thing, you know, a benefit um, to to where you are. And, you know, when people are like, I want to start a business, but I don't, you know, I'm not sure, you know, I'm like, just start because t- typically, like even three months, six months down the line, what you're doing now will have changed, you know, and like your goals will have changed. And so, decisions you make today, it just starts somewhere because it's not going to matter in six months, you know, because um, something will right. transition. So I 100% agree. Um, so since you're you're handling all of this, like I always like to share like routines or, you know, stuff that you've implemented into your day or your week to kind of keep you going because we can't always run on empty. So what do you do to kind of keep that going? Great question. So I love to get outside and walk my dog. I probably start the majority of my days taking her on a hike. So I actually don't do work until about 10 o'clock. I get breakfast going, I get my son to school and I take my dog on a hike and I start it slow and I get grounded. And then I'm willing to take on uh, other people's energy. And of course, I don't do that every single morning, uh, but I do try to have somewhat of a routine. And so if there's a different type of morning and I'm a little bit more busy, I at least try to go outside in my bare feet and just take four deep breaths and ground myself. I think at a bare minimum, taking four breaths and just uh, pushing my energy down instead of keeping it like high up Mm -hmm. just allows me to start the day. And so I think that's the thing is I used to do a morning routine. I used to actually, when I was doing the health and fitness, I was like, okay, I got to get up. I got to work out. This like starts at five 30 in the morning, right? Like (laughs) 5 a.m. club, you know, here I am. I read the book. It's time to get up, you know? Um, so I was working out journaling, doing all this stuff. And then honestly, I don't know, COVID hit, Liam was home, we got a puppy, like it was unrealistic. Yeah. Right. And so literally my, my morning routine turned into four deep breaths. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think the thing is, is have something, even if it's small to do on a daily basis. And then when you have the time to do the other things, like whether it's go for a hike or um, do an actual workout or do the Peloton, then do those things like four, three, four times during the week, but don't, 
feel bad or don't wait till next Monday. Okay, I'm going to restart on next Monday. Like just do it. And then always at nighttime, I love an app called Grace Space. So I always end my night with a hypnosis mm-hmm. recording mm-hmm. and it really just kind of um, let helps me let go of the day and to say goodbye to it. And, you know, just be okay that if I didn't get everything done, I didn't get everything done and I'm okay to say goodbye to the day and then listen to something that's um, going to fill my bucket, whether it's, uh, you know, self-worth. Um, I just kind of pick different things, um, abundance, uh, money blocks, stuff like that. Anything that's going on, I pick something and I typically fall asleep to it. And it's just a really beautiful way to end the night. Yeah. I, um, yeah, it's funny because I've done all those things. I used to work out at 5.30 a.m. Like I, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, I did that for like two years, you know? And so, and now I'm, I'm, I'm very much aligned with your way of thinking. And it's like, does it feel right? Like, am I doing this just because so-and-so said to, am I doing this just because all of the successful professional, you know, they're, they're all doing this because if I did everything that they all did, it would take me four hours. (laughs) I would get nothing else done. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, so I, I, and I, um, I have to find it on my phone and put the, um, the uh, link in there because there is, I'll, I'll put a link to the, oh, it's called Headspace. That's the one that I downloaded. Um, and it's like meditation, you know, that sort of a thing. And so I'll put a link to both of those, the one that you mentioned in that one um, in the show notes for people who want to try try that out. I am not very uh, well-versed in it yet. Um, I was like, I'm going to do it every day. That hasn't happened. So um, well, I have phone. to tell you that I used to have one calm. Okay. There was calm that's similar to Headspace. Um, okay. And I listened to it for like six weeks and then I stopped. Yeah. Uh, with Grace Space, I've been listening to it for almost two years straight. Wow. Okay. It came out actually maybe not two years, maybe a year and a half. It came out during COVID, okay. and she gave it away for free. Okay. And I had actually bought her book and heard about her before, and so I done I did her book, and then when her app came out, I got it for free for like three or four months, and then she said, "Okay, now I'm going to have to charge you." Literally, I do it every night, and I've been doing it since COVID hit in okay. spring of 2020. Oh wow. Okay. No, that's huge. All right. Yeah, I'll check that one out for sure. Um, okay. So I'm super excited to hear, cause you have so many awesome things coming up. So what is happening in your business now and what is, what's your vision for the future? Tell us everything. Okay. So thanks for asking this. Yeah. I am so excited because I think the last year I was very, very intentional on where I was going, listened, did a lot of surveys, did a lot of one-on-one discovery calls and tried to figure out what exactly my audience wanted for me. And so for a whole year, I've been working hard on the quiz lab. So I'm actually opening a group coaching program soon. Um, and I actually hired a teacher that she's a retired teacher to help me with the curriculum. And I recognize that a couple things about my audience. One is they wanted confidence and copy. So I hired an award-winning copywriter to help me with my group coaching to make sure all the editing is perfect and they feel good with their quiz results. Um, But also I hired a curriculum coach to help me understand how to teach to adults and help them implement their quiz ideas. So now I have amazing workbooks, templates, and a ton of resources. So what that did is it really gave me confidence in my upcoming coaching program. And I'm only taking 20 people. 
Uh, this is because I really want to make sure I deliver on my course promise. So it's not a quantity thing to me. It's a quality thing. Like for those who join, I'm very purposeful about it. I want them to want to create a personality quiz, but not an e-commerce quiz. Right. Um, like I don't know what to do about if they want to sell deodorant right. or something, you know, like um, what, I don't know what your personality says about your deodorant, yeah. I guess. But um, anyways, it has to be really intentional. It has to be the right person who wants to do a personality quiz. And then um, I'm going to make sure that they get it done. And we want to deliver the course promise by the end of the week, eight weeks, so that they actually have a link for their quiz and they feel proud about it. So that's why the limited seats are there. So we can assure we help them out. But before that, um, and just being fully transparent, I am doing a three-day event, October 12th through the 14th, that's really going to unblock the number one question I get, which is what is my quiz title? And so what I've done is I put together three days of resources, free trainings to help each person understand what their quiz idea should be. So at the bare minimum, I at least am helping them think of their own idea. And then if they want to join the quiz lab or not, they should at least be unblocked and ready to go to create their own quiz by that three day challenge date on October 14th, once it's over, like it should, they should feel expansive and ready to go. Oh, I love that so much. And so if you're listening to this recording, um, when it goes live, like around the go live date, then there's still, there's time to get in on the challenge. So we're going to put a link to the challenge um, and um, information to the group coaching as well um, in the show notes. That's why I'm so glad we were able to talk now so we can give people that information so they can go um, and sign up for those things. I'm so super excited about that. Yes. Um, The world needs more of Linda and we need more of these (laughs) personality quizzes to grow our audiences and get that connection going. Um, Okay. So where can people find you online if they want more info about stuff? Uh, Yeah. Great question. So it's lindasidu.com or, you know, www.lindalinda.com. S as in Sam, I, D as in David, H-U.com. That's my website. Pretty much everything is on my website. Um, I have my current quiz on there, which is what's your quiz to cash strategy. And that's exactly for people who want to create a quiz, whether you've already created one or not. But it tells you uh, the results share basically how you should launch your quiz and your course based on your personality strengths. Um, So it's a really good quiz and that's on my website. And then if you follow me on Instagram, it's uh, at Linda underscore Sidhu underscore quizzes. And then of course my Facebook group is actually where I show up most and that's quiz creators. Um, and then of course you mentioned the three day challenge that's coming up on October 12th. So there's lots of things <laughs> and places you can find me. I've um, been working on all this, all of this for the past year. So you're lucky and your audience is uh, great timing for the podcast since it's all available now. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. So we'll put all those links in the show notes. Um, and so we have already asked you our fun question. We're going to ask you again. Um, it can be the same answer. It could be different, but, um, if you could only listen to one music artist for the rest of your life, who would it be? So I think I'm going to stick with my same answer, but it's the Lumineers. I love it. Tried and true. Tried and true. <laughs> yeah. But you know who else is a close second is the head and the heart, but they're mm. very similar to the Lumineers. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah, they read. I like are. them as well. Oh, and uh, Monsters and Men. Oh, yeah. Yeah, too. they're all very. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So I don't know if you saw, but for... um 
around our one year anniversary for our podcast, we put out a, a playlist and on Spotify, and it was all of the artists um, that each um, podcast guest had named as their artist. Um, and so the Lumineers are on our our playlist because because uh-huh. um, that was your answer. So, but yeah, it's on um, Spotify. It's like small uh, business, big mindset, uh, the playlist, and so um, it's kind of cool. Cute. It's all entrepreneurial favorites. So, um, well, Linda, thank you so much for joining us again. Um, you just shared so much. You're always so transparent. And you share so much with your fellow entrepreneurs. And I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me here, you guys. Have a great weekend and um, take care. I'll see you soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Small Business Big Mindset Podcast. To keep the fun going, check out our Facebook group, Start and Scale an Online Business, for even more free trainings and resources from fellow entrepreneurs. If you haven't already, head on over to musclecreative.com and click subscribe to join our email list for our weekly updates. And if you've enjoyed this podcast episode, check us out on your favorite podcast platform to follow us and give us a review. As always, be authentic, bring an insane amount of value, and keep crushing it. Thank you.